0: this is the oceans church podcast where we believe in connecting people to jesus the one who changes it all to learn more about oceans view upcoming events or find info about ways to give please visit oceanschurch.org thanks for visiting the podcast enjoy today's message all right you guys doing good this morning how many love that static noise wasn't that amazing What a gift. What a joy to hear that. Hey, let's give our worship team a hand this morning. We're we're just really blessed with an amazing serve team here at Oceans. Um, You know, it takes a lot of people to get this, the job done on Sunday morning. And we exist for one purpose, and that is to connect people to Jesus. And and so we, we exist to take people from where they are to where God wants them to be. Whatever that next step is on your journey, uh, our our desire is to partner with you uh, as a people to lead you closer to God on your journey. Well, my name is Michael. Uh, I'm the lead pastor here, um, and I get the joy of of leading this beautiful church um, uh, each week and just what an honor it is to be your pastor. Um, This morning, I'm kicking off a new series called Worship Culture. Um, and when you think about the word worship, many of us immediately go to what we do on a Sunday morning, right? Uh, the singing, the lyrics on the screens, and as a, as a former worship pastor of 20 years leading people in worship all over the United States, um, worship has always been near and dear to my heart, but this morning, um, I want to, uh, to help us see that um, all of life is worship, Every part of our life is either bringing worship and glory to God, or we are bringing glory to the spirit of this world and worshiping the spirit of this world. And so it's more than just what we do on a Sunday morning, singing these lyrics and listening to the music and lifting our hands and, and the expression of our body in worship. Worship is every part of us. And... Um, Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 22, verses 37, that you and I are to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, all of our soul, and all of our mind. And what he's saying is you are to worship the Lord with every single part of you. Every component of your life, your words, your meditation, your thoughts, your actions, how you steward and care for your body, how you treat others, your, at, your outlook on life, whether you are uh, grateful or whether you are a murmur and a complainer. You know, we are, our lives are worship and our, our lives are either bringing worship and glory to God or we are worshiping something else. And so in this series, we're going to look at four different aspects of worship. We're going to look at our words, what's coming out of our mouth, our thoughts, what we're meditating on, our actions, whether they're done openly or in secret, as well as our bodies and how we care and steward for our bodies, but also how we are, Paul tells us to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. This is our reasonable worship, he says. Presenting your body. In other words, like abstaining from sexual immorality, sex outside of marriage, um, um, addictions, bondages, things that, uh, that are terrible for our body because our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit and we are to care and steward our bodies as unto the glory of God. And so um, in Genesis, we see um, that in the very beginning, God created everything by speaking words. So this morning, we're going to be looking at our words as an act of worship and uh, the words that that God spoke, they produced life. They set, it separated light from darkness. It separated the dry land from the water. Um, his, his breath infused life into a pile of dust and named him Adam. You know, the, 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 the words that come out of our mouth as image bearers that are created in the, in the image and the likeness of God have power. And they have power to shape the world around us. It has power to shape our marriage. It has power to shape our children, our family. It has power to shift and transform atmospheres. How we come into that room, the words that we're speaking out of our mouth. And so our words are very powerful. And so they they can make somebody laugh. I love a good laugh. I love when people make me laugh words can also make you cry. Hearing a sad story, words can bring comfort, words can crush your soul. And so what comes out of a person's mouth reveals so much about that person. What comes out of our mouth reveals so much of who we are as a person. It reveals what we like, what we dislike, it reveals our character, our nature, our integrity, our level of maturity, spiritual maturity, um, our, our intellect. It reveals our, our, the, the level of our intellect. Um, it reveals our emotional and spiritual health. Words reveal truly a person's core beliefs and ideologies about themselves, about the world, uh, about life itself, especially uh, their outlook on life. Amen. You know, you, you will either see a, a person that is super like life giving or super like critical. Right? Anybody know any EORS? Right? You, like. You got Eeyores in your life. I've had Eeyores in my life. I've been an Eeyore in different seasons, right? My name's Michael. <laughs> Not that it's a very nice name, you know. Woe is me, you know. Murmuring and complaining. I'm tired. How you doing, Pastor Michael? I'm, I'm tired. How you doing, Pastor Michael? I'm stressed out. Nothing's going right. I don't have a job. I don't have any money. My pet's heads are falling off, right? All of that stuff. We have Eeyores, right? And then there's the Tiggers in our life, right? Like the contrast of Eeyore is a Tigger. And, you know, those people are just like, you know, man, life is great, man. It's it's all good. Like there's just something about them that is just, it brings life to the party. It brings joy. It's like you love being around them because it's like, man, they just make you feel good, right? And there's a sharp contrast between an Eeyore and a Tigger, you know, the complainers or the praisers. And so... Um, You might know what it means to be slimed by somebody. Like some people are just really prone to a negative outlook on life. It's like they love to read the paper only for the uh, obituaries to find out who died. And so they could tell everybody, hey, did you hear so-and-so died? Well, I don't even know who that is. Well, well, I just want you to know that they died and (laughs) left behind. You know, it's like, you know, it's... sorry. It's not my wife. I mean, she is my wife, but I'm I'm not saying that 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 was my wife. But people that like just show up in your life, and when they, they, they walk in, and they just, they carry a presence with them, and like by the time you're done in conversation, you literally feel slimed. Anybody ever feel that? As believers, we should be known by what's coming out of our mouth, and 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 you should we should stand out from the crowd. We should stand out from the world. We shouldn't sound like the world. We shouldn't uh, look like the world. We shouldn't carry the world's presence. We should be carrying hope and light and 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 speaking life. The truth is, the truth is, what comes out of your mouth reveals what's in your heart. And Luke chapter six, verse 45, Jesus says, for out of the abundance or the overflow of the heart, his mouth speaks. Okay, so out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. So what's coming out of your mouth constantly, if it's criticism, if it's complaining, if it's gossip, if it's profanity, it's revealing your heart. And I've heard it said, well, you know, uh, he's got a good heart, bless God, you know, he's just, you know, he just cusses a whole lot, but but he's got a good heart, he loves Jesus. You know, you even see it on t-shirts today, I love Jesus, but I cuss a little bit, right? It's almost like this funny thing that's like, it's almost like a joke, like this, but you know what, no, you should not sound like the world. You should not sound like the world. Profanity should not be coming out of your mouth because what comes out of your mouth reveals the condition of your heart. We hear that all the time, you know. But gossip, how we speak about one another, a critical tongue, harsh words, profanity are signs of an impure heart. I don't care how you look at it. I don't care how you justify it. It's signs of an impure heart. And there's been times and there's been seasons in my life where I had an impure heart and I had to repent. And I actually even asked pastors to pray for me because I couldn't get control of my tongue. James 1.26 says, if you claim to be religious, let's just say if you claim to be a Christian, but don't control your tongue, You're fooling yourself, and your religion is worthless. It's meaningless. And so harsh and hurtful words, complaining, gossip, and profanity. Are you ready for this? It's the language of hell. It's the language of the pit of hell and the culture of hell. And you are either ushering forth the kingdom of God here with the spoken word or you're ushering forth death and destruction, hopelessness, depression, despair, and death. Listen, these things ought not to be so. Blessings and cursings coming from the same mouth. We should stand out. We should not be like the world. And so our words in many ways are the evidence of the kingdom we are aligned with. The words that are coming out of your mouth, the words that come out of my mouth, are the evidence of the kingdom that we align with. And in contrast to harsh and hurtful words and complaining and gossip and profanity, is encouraging words, loving and kind words, pure words, which is the language of heaven. Thank you, Jesus. It's the language of heaven. Could you ever picture Jesus coming and like complaining and murmuring and speaking profanity and gossip? No, no if, it's, if you can't see Jesus doing that, then who can you see doing that? Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. The opposite of Jesus... Right, And we're created in the image and the likeness of God as image bearers and our words carry power and authority and we are to steward them and use them well to the glory of God and to the edification of those around us to build up, to encourage, to bring hope and life to the listener. God wants our hearts to be pure, to speak life, not death, to usher in heaven, not hell. And so to see God moving in and working in our lives requires our hearts to be pure because jesus says in matthew 5 8 blessed are the pure in heart for they shall what They shall see God, and perhaps the reason that you're not seeing God moving in your marriage, God moving in your relationship with your children, God moving in your your health, in your your business, is because your heart's unpure. And, And it's manifesting by what's coming out of your mouth. In Proverbs 18, verse 21, it says that the tongue has the power of life and death And those who will love it will eat its fruit. In other words, you have a choice in every situation when you're tempted to say something when you're tempted to fly off the handle, when you're tempted to lose control, you have a choice. i Am either gonna speak life or I'm gonna speak death? Yeah. And based upon what I speak, I'm gonna eat the fruit yeah. of what comes out of my mouth because scripture says that we eat the fruit, what? Of our own ways. Yes. And so you don't like the fruit that you're eating? There's nobody to blame but yourself. Yes. Amen. If you enjoy like, you ever bite into a rotten piece of fruit? It's so gross, like so gross. You think, oh man, this is gonna be so good, and it's just like, Ugh. you know, it's like, like completely rotten inside. We eat the fruit of our own ways, and and our words uh, have power to destroy our relationships, destroy our marriages, destroy our children. You know the fact of the matter is is we, we have to be res- we are responsible for the words that come out of our mouth. Especially men as, as husbands and as pastors of our, tr- of our home, as priests of our home, we are responsible to prophetically declare life and hope and, and vision and identity into our children. If you're calling your kids dummy, if you're calling your kids stupid, if you're speaking harsh words, you are speaking hell over your children. And you need to be rebuked. Yes. Right. Amen. I'm a little hot right now. You need to check yourself because you're going to wreck yourself. And not only are you going to wreck yourself, you're going to wreck your family. Yes. Our words carry weight. And when we stand before the Lord, the Bible says that we will give a count to every idle word that comes out of our mouth. Every single word will be counted. And, and I'm fearful of that because I've said some stupid stuff definitely, I've said some stupid stuff to my wife, you know, it just took me a long time, you know, to learn that my wife is just super smart and amazing discernment, and, you know, had I listened to her, like, years and years and years and years and years ago, man, I, I probably just, I, you know, I, I would have I had less trouble in my life. It's where, it's where the, the, the wives in the rooms say Amen. Ephesians 4:29 says no let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth. Yes. How many how much unwholesome word? None. None. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification, which is encouragement, according to the need of the moment. In other words, Paul's saying, you need to be so careful and calculated with your words that you let no unwholesome word proceed out of your mouth, but only words that are are good to build up and bring hope and edification in the situation according to the need of the moment. In other words, listen, you're not going to be, you're not going to step in in the flesh. You're going to step in in the spirit and under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, you're gonna begin to speak forth life prophetically over situations according to the need of the moment. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19, the prophet says, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today. He's saying all of heaven and all of earth are witnessing that I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Yes. Therefore, choose life that you, and not only you, your offspring yes. may live. Yes, Jesus. The choice is ours. Yes. You, choose life, choose death. Choose blessing over our marriage, over our children. Choose death over our marriage, Over our children. Choose life over our health or death over our health. To speak life over our business, over our finances, or death and hopelessness over our business and our finances. To speak life over our future or death over our future. The power is in your hands to choose life or death, blessings and cursing. What fruit are you eating? Here's the central idea this morning. Your tongue will be used to bring worship to God or Satan. And every day you get a choice, blessing or cursing, life or death. The main text we're going to look at this morning is James chapter 3, verses 2 through 11. Such a powerful and convicting passage all about the tongue. It says this in verse two, we all stumble in many ways. How many could say amen to that? Like we all stumble. We all fall short. Anyone who is never at fault in, in what they say is perfect. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect. You wanna be perfect? You probably have to sew your lips up, right? A- able to keep their whole body in check. It says, verse three: We put bits in in uh, in the mouths of horses to make them obey us. We could turn the whole animal, or take ships. As an example, although they are so large and driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. This is your tongue. In other words, James is saying here that our words, our confession that's coming out of our mouth is literally steering the course of our life. Are you happy with the course of your life? Are you happy with the current course your marriage is heading on? Are you happy with the current course your relationship with your kids is is right now? Are you happy with that? If not, it's probably because something that's coming out of your heart that's impure is coming out of your mouth. Verse five, likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. I remember when I was a kid in Long Island, New York, and I was just so just crazy. And uh, I don't know where we got these fireworks from, but like we had somehow... I'm like 10 years old, and I got M80s, like quarter sticks of dynamite? Where did I get that stuff from? Who gives that to a kid? Or where did I steal it from? I'm not sure. Probably stole it. And and we would, my friends and I, we would go out into the woods, and we would blow these things off. We would do stupid stuff. We would put them in people's mailboxes and blow up their mailboxes, and then ride away on our bikes. Like, stupid stuff. I remember one day, like, we were in the woods, and... Uh, we were trying to light these fireworks and I I had the lighter and uh, lit these fireworks and and it caught the ground on fire and and, and then it caught the whole woods on fire and and like we we just ghosted it. Like we didn't tell anybody. I'm sure that somebody found out eventually. Um, No houses were damaged, but you know, that's what our words can do. Just a simple spark from our mouth can create hellfire for us. And literally burn down our lives, can it? Yes. You say one wrong thing on social media, man, you get canceled in a heartbeat, right? Yes. Not that we care about those people that cancel other people because, yeah, whatever. But it's saying, for the tongue is also a fire, a world of, of evil among the parts of the body it corrupts the whole body, sets the course, the whole course of one's life on fire, and it itself sets on, and, and it is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. Yeah. Amen. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue, we praise the Lord and the Father. And with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. And when we speak against one another, especially as brothers and sisters, we're speaking against that which is sacred. Because you're the body of Christ. And when we speak against one another and we gossip against one another, we are speaking against that which is sacred and holy. We have to be careful, because I've heard, I've heard people that, um, that, okay, the very next scripture says, out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. Yeah. My brother and sisters, this should not be, can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? I've heard people praising God as loud as they can, and then like hearing them out in the foyer uh, gossiping about somebody. And I'm like, and listen, I've done it. Like We've all done it. Yeah. But it shouldn't be, like this should not be, this should not be the norm, right? And so this morning, I want to give you real quick three practical things you can do to begin transforming your heart, which will then ultimately transform your speech from negative to life-giving. Number one, guard your heart. You have to guard your heart. What does this mean? Like uh, Proverbs 4.23, it says this, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. When we read this scripture, the majority of us believe that this is talking about keeping your heart free from offense, which that is potentially a component of it, but it's not talking about keeping your heart free from offense. What the, what the psalmist is writing here is um, guard the instruction of the Lord in your heart, guard the word of God in your heart for everything flows from that. All life flows from that. He's saying you have to guard your heart by receiving the word of the Lord. And our words are a reflection of what resides in our heart and to, and we are to speak forth life and blessing. And so we, we must guard our heart. We must guard the instruction of the, of the Lord in our heart. We need to keep the word of God close to our heart. And the way that we do that is waking up in the morning, opening up the word of God, having a daily relationship with the word of God and, and allowing it to fill our heart. Because yes, something's gonna fill your heart. Something will fill your heart. Your, your heart's gonna be full of something. Um, and if you don't fill it with God's word, it's gonna be filled with, um, all kinds of junk from the world. Yeah. And so when we do this, when we, when we store these virtues in our heart, when we store the word of God, it naturally flows from our lips, okay? Number two, choose words carefully. We're going to be accountable for every idle word that comes out of our mouth. Amen. Proverbs eighteen twenty one says that the tongue has the power of life and death and those who love it will eat its fruit you got to recognize that the power of your words—they carry weight—and and when you when you say them, you can't take them back. Yes, and you know, growing up, you heard the sticks and stones will break my bones, but names will never hurt me. No, man, names and words hurt way worse than sticks yes. and stones because yes. they care. Like they do something. They embed its way into the soul. I know somebody that, like, um, when they were younger, somebody said, oh, you have, you have a big nose. And this person never saw themselves or thought that they had a big nose until they heard that. Right. And every time they looked in the mirror, right. they thought, you have an ugly nose. You have a big nose. Mm-hmm. Words shape. Words carry power and weight. You've got to be careful. We're gonna be accountable how we speak. Choose your words carefully. How do we do this? We ask the Holy Spirit. We ask the Holy Spirit to come in and say, Holy Spirit, listen, you're the one that produces fruit. If I abide in Christ, if I get in the word of God, I'm believing that the word of God is gonna get in my heart. And because of that, the Holy Spirit is gonna give me self-control. And when I'm tempted to lash out, in an argument, I'm, I'm going to pause and I'm going to calculate my words carefully yes. in humility and love and edification. Recognize that the power of your words are bringing life or destruction. So we got to choose them daily, very carefully. And finally, number three is renew your mind. You got to renew your mind. Paul says in Romans chapter 12, verse two, he says, don't do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing Ooh, yes. of your mind. In other words, Paul's saying, don't allow the world to squeeze you into its mold. <laughs> yes. But be transformed by renewing your mind. How do we renew our mind? Paul tells us, he says, to renew your mind daily with the washing and regenerating of the word of God. God you can come on. The washing and regenerating of the word of God. It's the word of God that renews our mind. Yes. Transformation begins with a renewal of the mind where we replace negative thought patterns with positive ones. When you find yourself dwelling on critical thoughts or pessimistic thoughts, you have to intentionally shift your focus to gratitude and praise. Yes. And as you shift your mind and your thoughts, you begin to create new pathways that become easy to go down. You know, years ago, they thought that the brain was static at adolescence, once it reached, ad- once it was done with adolescence, that the, the neurological pathways were completed, and that's how your brain was for the rest of your life. And as time passed, and as neuroscience began to progress, they realized, no, this is not true. Actually, it doesn't matter your age. You you can actually renew your mind. It doesn't matter how old you are. You can create new neurological pathways. And so God created your brain to be able to do that. And this is the good news. You Maybe your entire life has been pessimistic. Maybe it's been um, just kind of seeing the negative side of life, the, the glass half empty, always seeing what's going wrong rather than what's going right. Maybe it's always been like... Uh, believing death and thinking on hopeless things and believing that there's no way out. And this is just how life is. And you know what, this is how I'm going to, how I've lived up to this point. I guess I'm going to die up the same way. No, you don't have to. You don't have to because through neuroplasticity, your brain has the ability to recreate new pathways. And what it looks like have you ever walked through a field of tall grass? It's kind of difficult to trudge through the field, but by the time you make it to the end of the field, you look back and there's evidence that you walk through there. Maybe not a lot of evidence, but you could see evidence. Grass was pushed in a different way. It's leaning a different way. Some of it's pressed down to the ground. And so the easiest way to come back is to walk that pathway back. And as you walk back, more grass is batted down. And as you walk through it again, more grass is batted down. And as you walk back again, the grass starts wearing and eroding. And then there's nothing but dirt there. And when you are placed in a moment where you have to make a decision to either Dwell on things that are of good report, and or dwell on the negative things. You created a new pathway. I don't. I I might be tempted right now. That's that's pretty tempting because that's the pathway that I've always walked. But through the Holy Spirit, He's given me the ability to create a new pathway to renew my mind and I don't have to walk in that negativity that negative mindset that hopelessness I don't have to let cursing and death come out of my life I can speak life and I can walk in this path of life yes, so and so as you commit to speaking life not only do you benefit but also you become a source of encouragement to those around you and may our words be a reflection of that love. Uh, Psalm 1914 says, "'Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart "'be acceptable in your sight, Lord.'" Romans 12.1, this is the last scripture. "'Therefore, brothers and sisters, "'in the view of the mercies of God, "'I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, "'which includes your tongue, holy and pleasing to God. "'This is your true worship.'" Would you stand up with me this morning? Let me pray for you. You know, each of us have a choice this week. Each of us have a choice when we walk out of here today. Am I gonna choose life? Am I gonna choose death? Am am I going to align with the language of heaven and bring heaven in the atmosphere around me? Or am I going to align with the language of hell and bring the, the nature and the culture of hell around me? Am I going to speak blessing and life over my marriage and my children and my health and my finances and my future? Or am I going to speak death? He set the choice in front of you. Choose you this day whom you will serve. Choose blessing or cursing. And God urges you to choose life. So, as we guard our heart, as we choose our words carefully, as we renew our mind with God's word, we could be transformed. Let me pray, Father. Thank you so much for your word that brings life. I pray, God, that today that your word that convicts us, Lord, is not meant to shame us. It's meant to convict us. And our convi- the conviction of the Holy Spirit draws us to you where shame pushes us away from you. And so your word does not come to bring shame or condemnation. It comes to bring conviction because you want us to be drawn to you closer and closer. So Father, draw us closer and closer to your heart. Heal the broken areas of our, of our soul. Help us God, help us Lord to uh, just to be life speakers and yes. hope givers in Jesus name. Amen. Thanks for joining us for today's message. Don't forget to visit us on Facebook or Instagram for updates, service info and ways to get involved here at Ocean's Church. Be sure to give this episode a rating as it allows us to connect more people to Jesus. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you again soon.